Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. I hope that you're doing really well. Welcome to our study on the life of Abraham. Uh, Welcome to my kitchen. I didn't even pick up for you. I hope that it's okay. This is just real life moments here with Andrea. I was recording and I was in my normal place uh, with the normal background and the sun is not cooperating. And so I had to transition and change. So you can see those are clean dishes back there, but uh, it's real life. So we can handle it, right? All right. So I'm so excited as we are jumping into our study. I'm so excited as we are kicking off this brand new quarter uh, with a quarterly theme. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. We're going to be talking about trusting God. And honestly, I'm humbled. I'm humbled by the graciousness of God, the goodness of God, the providence and plan of God. Let's throw all the big words in there. Um, that he has saw fit for us to join together in the study of his word, that in his sovereignty, he has connected our paths and it's for his glory and it's for our good. And so we can rest into that, that God always knows what we need, when we need it, and that he's faithful to provide exactly what we need. And part of what my desire is in having this ministry um, that God has placed on my heart is to just continually point us back to him his provision, his presence, his plan, and to know that we were never designed to create create our plan or to create our path and that we don't have to figure it out on our own. And we're going to see that in the life of Abraham. And that's going to lead us to this beautiful topic of trusting God. I want to be so transparent from the beginning. Trusting God has been a real journey for me. I do not naturally easily <laughs> trust God. I, um, I, 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 I really fight, honestly, to daily let go of control and to follow his plans and purposes. Um, I've been pretty transparent about this, but I'm going to get even more transparent in our study together because the stakes are so high. Our time here it is short. <laughs> even if we live to be 99 years old, our time here is short. And the impact that is possible for God's glory and for eternity is great. But it requires that we trust him and that we let go of our plans and our purposes and our desires and our comfort level. And that we step into the plans and purposes that he has for us. And whenever I say step into them, we step into them knowing that that requires us to relinquish control of even the details of our day. And that becomes freedom, and that becomes purpose, and that becomes a fulfilled life in Jesus Christ, and through Jesus Christ, and for Jesus Christ, and with Jesus Christ. And so there's two words that are really shaping everything right now in my heart and my mind when it comes to um, life and ministry and family and just the day in and day out of living. And the two words are, are faith in God and trust in God. And they go together really, really beautifully. Faith that we would um, expect big things from God, that we would attempt big things for God. Whether that's in my personal life, my ministry life, my family life, you know, whatever aspect of, of life 
that that everything that that happens would be to God and for God and with God and through God and ultimately point away from me and point to his um, beauty and his his sufficiency and his strength and our need for him friends like we were created to be in relationship with God and everything else falls short if that first and, and most prominent need and relationship is not uh, healthy in our lives and so we need to have faith in God and, and we can't stir that up and just decide well hey this is the year of faith so I'm gonna have faith no we cultivate faith by focusing on him we cultivate faith by letting go of our plans and purposes we cultivate faith by stepping out into the unknown with um, an expectant heart for God to already be there plowing the ground and so that's what we're doing with Andrea Linden Ministries, we're stepping into some new avenues. We're stepping into some new relationships. We're stepping into some new processes. And we expect that God is already there, that he has been leading and plotting and planning uh, for such a time as this. And that leads us to our second word that's really shaping everything right now. And that is trust because it's one thing to step there. It's another to stay there. <laughs> it's another to stay the course of faith and to stay the course of obedience and to stay the course of, of, of a spiritual focus. Um, and, and it's a battle friends. It is a battle of our mind and our hearts and um, even just our our daily habits, our consistent habits and disciplines in the word and um, in our community and with our people. And so I, I come to just say God is moving and I am so grateful for that. And this study of Abraham, it's going to teach us. It's going to, I think it's going to remind us of maybe about some truths that, that maybe we've known or maybe... Maybe we've forgotten or maybe they'll be brand new to us, but the adventure is going to be real and the adventure is going to be fulfilling and I think it's going to meet us right where we are. The study is designed to meet you right where you are. And I love that about um, ministry that happens on social media. It's about one of the only things I love because I miss people. I miss putting my hands on people and I miss hugging your necks and looking you in the eye and, 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 and seeing you and hearing your story. I miss that and I, I look forward to that day. But with us being able to have this study on uh, social media platforms, it really is customizable for you. Um, each week I'm gonna post a video. The video, I'm gonna try to keep it around 15 to 20 minutes. Y'all know I'm really bad about that, um, but I'm gonna try to do that. And then you can watch that video and then you can, um, you know, utilize your journal uh, to write notes and to write scripture passages. I will be posting, you know, resources that you can download and print or that you can save. I'll also be posting digital resources for you. And so um, there's just a, a lot of different ways that you can connect. And so we'll have that one video. We'll introduce our transforming truth. So we'll learn a transforming truth for each lesson. So at the end of our nine weeks together, we'll have nine transforming truths, which I think is so exciting. And each one of these truths, they build on each other. And not only do they build on each other, friends, they each hold so much potential. The truth in these transforming truths 
can and will change the direction of our lives. And so, if nothing else, I pray that you just take advantage of reading and studying these nine transforming truths that we see displayed through the life of Abraham. And then, in our community, we're going to just discuss, like, different aspects throughout the week, um, of when it comes to our study. So we may talk about our key points. We may talk about our application. Uh, we may talk about everyday examples. We may talk about our, our maybe the New Testament application of that particular principle. And so it's going to be a journey. And so I'm so glad that you're on board. I'm so glad that you're here. So now as we turn our, our minds and our attentions to um, Genesis chapter 12, let me introduce you to Abram. Um, Abram is introduced in Genesis chapter 11, where we see a genealogy of Shem, uh, which leads to Abram. And so this is like a connective tissue uh, from Genesis chapter 11 to Genesis chapter 12. Uh, we see that there is this genealogy leading to one man who is going to establish one family who will lead to one nation. And God is in the middle of all of it. And so this one man, Abram, who will let, later be known as Abraham, will be the father of the, the nation of Israel, uh, which we also refer to as, as God's chosen people or the Israelites. And it is through this family and through this nation that the Messiah will come. And so the story of Abraham, it is the at the very heart of our story as, as believers in Jesus Christ. And so we will gain so much just beautiful truths and so much uh, rich knowledge that can be applied to our lives that we can know, that we can live, that we can share through the study of Abraham. What I love about Abraham and his story as recorded in scripture is that it's real. It is full of God-sized moments, which we love God-sized moments where God shows up and what happens is by God, for God, through God, with God, to the glory of God. And we're going to see one of those God-sized moments today. But we also see sin and struggle. We also see fear. We also see um, times whenever Abraham shucked his responsibilities and there were some consequences for that. So that leads this story to be very relatable for us. It's not pristine and clean. It's just real and honest. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that that is captured in the Word of God. And as we see the God-sized moments, I think that will encourage us in our faith as we trust God. And as we see the difficult moments, um, we can learn from them and we can ask God to, to teach us so that we, in our journey with God through Christ, we don't make those same mistakes. And so everything about Abram's story is very personal, it's very real, and it's very redemptive. And so let's just jump into Genesis chapter 12, and let's find out, let's discover four key points uh, whenever it comes to Abram's introduction into uh, the story of God, and then those four key points will lead us to our transforming truth for week one of our study of Abram and the life of Abraham. Before I go to God's word, allow me to pray. Oh Lord, it's with just humble and grateful hearts that we come before you, Lord, and we say that you are mighty to save, Lord, and that every single detail of our heart and our lives and our mind are hidden in you. And that, that there's not one thing that we face today in 2021 
that surprises you, that is too difficult for you, Lord, and that cannot be used for your glory and for the good of others. So, Lord, I pray that as we really dig deep into this beautiful life of Abraham and Sarah and Lot and Isaac, that you would build in us fortified faith that comes through trust and belief in who you are and how you faithfully work in and through our lives. And that the outcome of that, Lord, will be fruit that will bring you glory and a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, speak to us now through your word and help us through the work of your Holy Spirit to surrender to these truths so that they are applied to our lives. May our lives be transformed and changed because we've met with you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read portions of the scripture, and as I read the scripture, I'm going to stop and point out our key points. Remember, four key points today in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 9, that leads us to our one transforming truth. Let's pick up in verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So, very important first key point is that God initiated the encounter with Abram. Abram did not come up with this idea on his own. God did He did not ask God to bless it. He did not try to come up with a way to put this before the Lord. He didn't try to, in any way, try to construct this on his own. Abram was doing his life, living his life, and there was an encounter that was initiated by God with Abram. So this reminds us of three very important points in this first point. That God is sovereign, he's providential, and he's purposeful in all of his ways. That God is in control and that God has a plan and that he's always working things together according to that plan. And that just brings such a sense of trust because we remember that we are not building our lives upon circumstances that were created by us, but rather we're building our lives as God builds them on the plans and the purposes that he has for us. And he is faithful to intervene in our life at the right time with the right people for his right purposes every single time. And so when we think about trust, we have to remember that God initiates encounter in our life. And as he initiates encounter, it leads to the plans and the purposes that he has for us. It starts with God. Everything in life starts with God. It is lived through God, and it ultimately points back to God. And so that becomes the economy of our life, is that we live with God, we live to God, we live for God, we live through God. And that requires and cultivates faith and trust in the midst of the everyday aspects of our journey. What does uh, God say in verse 1? He, he, he's very specific to Abram when he says, leave your country 
leave your people, leave your father's household, and you go to the land I will show you. God had a plan, and that plan was it was it was fixed in God's heart for Abram. So we see that God initiated encounter. And as he initiated encounter, we see our next key point in verses two and three, that God shared that he had an ordained promise for Abraham's life. Look at verse two. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now that is an incredible promise that God made to Abram. And, and here's an important point for us. If Abram had the chance to write his own journey, to write his own life, to decide what his purpose was, to decide his path, and to, to ask God to bless it, I submit to you that he never would have dreamed this big. He never would have come up with this plan. And that's the beauty of God's individual and unique work in our lives. You see, we're so limited by our finite thinking and our finite frame of, of reference, our point of view, that we tend to think small, we tend to think safe, we tend to think compartmentalized, and we tend to think for the temporary. But God, on the other hand, he is infinite. He is big. He is beyond what we can even begin to grasp and imagine. And as a result of that, so are his plans. So he says to Abram, who, by the way, was married to a woman who was childless, who was barren. We learned that fact in Genesis chapter 11. He says to this man, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless your, uh, I, will, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will bless. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So this was a big promise. This was a big moment in Abram's life. And I want us to make the New Testament connection on this one point, because we need to know that the foundation of our um, faith is housed right here in this passage of scripture, because this is the reminder that God is going to raise up a family who will provide the avenue for the Messiah to come and that the Messiah did in fact come through a humble Jewish girl named Mary, fully God, fully man, that he walked on this earth for 33 years, that he lived a perfect life, that he went to the cross and he died in our place, that he became our substitute, that he satisfied God's wrath, that he rose again, conquering sin, death, disease, dismay, everything that separates us from the Father. And Jesus provides the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one and only way. And that promise was given to Abram in this passage of scripture. So this is very important for us to understand. So we see that God initiated the encounter with Abram, that God ordained the promise. All of that was God's move and God's plans and God's purposes. Now, after 
those two things have been introduced, that God initiated encounter and that he made a promise. We see Abraham's response come into play. And we find this, Abraham's obedient response in verses four and five. Look at verse four. This is such a powerful passage and it is so short, but it is punchy. It, it just speaks so much. So in light of this promise, in light of this encounter, Abraham left as the Lord had told him, period. Abraham responded in faith. Abraham responded in obedience, simple obedience. He got up from that place and he left and he went to the place that God would show him. So when we think about what is our role in this big thing called life, and I mean, that's, that's a hard question that I've wrestled with so much, friends. Like, what, what is my role? And where does God's part end and my part begin? Like, that's been a question that I've wrestled with because I'm such a doer and I'm, I'm naturally a controller and I want to know what, what's the formula, right, for success. Like, God's going to do this part and I'm going to do that part and then it's all going to work out. And I, I, even in that, you know, confession to you, I hope that you hear my honest confession of, of control. Like, God, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. And, and it's all going to work out. But passages like these, and, and the Word of God is filled with passages just like these, where there's a God-initiated encounter, where there is a God-ordained promise, and then there is a faith-filled response by the individual who had that encounter with God. It's so clarifying to me that our responsibility, our great opportunity every single day is to get up and to leave the place where we are and to simply head to the place where God is taking us. Not knowing the details, <laughs> not knowing the path, not necessarily knowing the plan or the outcome, but simple, obedient faith. Simple, obedient trust. Simple, obedient yes. Lord, here am I. Send me. And that's what we see with Abram in verses four and five. So Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife with him. He took Lot with him. He took his maidservants um, and, and the male servants. He took all of his possessions and he comes to this, this place where uh, God leads him, this place of, of, of Canaan, uh, this place that would become known as the promised land. And we're going to really get to know this place. And we're going to walk the length and the breadth of it with Abram, who will soon be called Abraham. And we'll watch how God is so faithful uh, to not only promise this particular place to Abram, but also to enter into covenant with Abram, to change his name to Abraham, and then to um, secure a, a, a very certain future for not only Abram, but also for Abraham's descendants. And so we see that as Abram gets up from his place and he heads to Canaan, and he soon has another encounter with God. And we see that in verses seven and following. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up in verse six so we can get the context of it. 
Abram traveled through the land, so he's in Canaan, as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. So I want you just to envision that, that Abram, this man who's had this encounter with God, who has, has gotten up from his, his normal place, uh, he's, he's left it and he's come to this unfamiliar place because of this promise that God was going to make him into a great nation, even though he didn't have a child at the time and his wife was barren. And he's walking through this land where the Canaanites live, where they dwell, the, 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 the land that they are inhabiting. And God is telling him once again that he is going to receive this land and his inheritance will possess this land. So let the reality of that situation just seep into your heart as you think about your uncertain future, as you think about all the overwhelming circumstances going on in your life. So Abram is in the land and the Canaanites were currently living there. Verse seven, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So what did Abram do? He worshiped God. So he, Abram, built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Here's our final key point. In that moment, friends, not only did Abram, but also Abram's descendants, they had a certain future. It was nailed down in God's heart. It was nailed down in God's mind. And every single step of the way, God was going to provide exactly what the people would need. It would start with the birth of that son, Isaac, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks. But here's what I want us to see. In the midst of the unknown, in the midst of the overwhelming, in the midst of what seemed like a crazy spot in Abram's life, he built an altar and he worshiped God. I wonder if you could do that today. I wonder if you could trust God at that level. I wonder if you could proclaim the fact that God has initiated encounter in your life and that he has extended promise after promise after promise after promise through his holy word that you have obediently said, yes, Lord, not only to the promises that he provides, but also to the precepts and the principles and to the move of God in your life. And as a result of that, while your circumstances may be overwhelming and they may be unknown, you have a certain future that has been absolutely provided and is secure to you through Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, can you worship him? Will you today lift your hands in praise to the one who sees, to the one who knows, to the one who cares, to the one who guides, to the one who provides, to the one who's so personal and so intimate that he has a specific plan for you and for your loved ones and for your time here on this earth, that we would let go of anxiety 
that we would let go of worry, that we would let go of control, that we would let go of having this formula, formulaic kind of mindset with God, that he does this and I do that, and that we would say, oh no, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to be all in when it comes to you. Right before the pandemic hit, I literally had my very last speaking engagement on the night before everything shut down. And I was speaking here in my hometown of Conway, Arkansas. And I had the privilege to speak at an event called Transformed. And um, it was a, a partnership with Renewal Ranch, with which if you're familiar with Renewal Ranch, you know that they provide hope for men who are dealing with addiction through a, a process of introducing them to Christ and giving them tools where they can um, step out of addiction and step into hope. And that particular night, I was teaching on Romans 12 too. Uh, and I, I, I was just it was just a, a, a move of God, honestly, that night because I had such a crazy day and God just stepped in and he just gave me the words to speak that night. So I was talking about do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that particular night, I said a statement that has stayed with me for the past eight months or however long it's been now. And here's what I said. I said, I want to come to a place where all of my eggs are in God's basket. Now, if you're from the South, you know that saying or that concept that all my eggs are in a basket. It totally has everything to do with whose you are and, 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 and where your trust is and where your plans are. And in that moment when I said that, I want all of my eggs to be in his basket was so clarifying to me because I was saying in that moment, I don't want to try to control things anymore. I don't want to try to have a plan and ask God to bless it. I don't want to gauge God's goodness on um, a temporary mindset. I don't want to just, you know, have this kind of routine, superficial faith. I want to know God and I want to make him known. And it was in that moment that God really continued to stir just this deep desire for faith and trust in my life. Then the world shut down, right, with the pandemic. And every event was canceled. And I went to my prayer closet and I spent months with the Lord. And out of that came all of this. I went back to Abraham and started looking at his life and not only that, I started looking at, at the lives of like Naomi and Ruth with fresh eyes and, um, you know, others that we're going to look at this year. And God reminded me of the transforming truth that I'm going to introduce to you today from this study. And that is the fact that trust is rooted in God. Let's let that sink in. Trust is not dependent upon our circumstances or the outcome of those. Trust is not rooted in ourselves or our resources. And trust certainly isn't about us being in control and staying in control. Trust is rooted and housed in God, that God initiates encounter in our life, that God makes 
promises and he gives us precepts to follow, that we have the opportunity to say, yes, Lord, with obedient faith, and that that ensures a certain future for us. And you know what, friends? That means that even in the roller coaster of life and the ebbs and the flows of the mountaintops and the valleys, that God is the same and that our resolve, while we may experience a ton of emotions, and I do not negate any one of them, especially for those of you who are going through hard times. My heart is with you. My prayers are with you. My tears are with you. Let us remember that we have the opportunity to know and live for God and to experience His promises and His power and His strength in the good, in the bad, in the easy, in the hard, in the ups, in the downs of life. And as we do that, we will experience that our trust is rooted in who He is and how He faithfully works. And there will be a peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I want to thank you for joining me for this first session of our study on the life of Abraham. I have just a little bit of homework for you if you choose to do this. Um, again, this study meets you right where you are. But if you have time, I want to encourage you to get out your journal, to open it up, and to open your Bible to, uh, to Genesis chapter 12. I want to encourage you to hand write verses 1 through 9. And then underneath where you hand write verses 1 through 9, I want to encourage you to write our four key points. God initiated encounter. God ordained the promise. Abram had an obedient response. And that Abram had a certain future. Write down those four key points. And then... Next to those four key points, I want you to begin to think about and to process how those points are true for your life as well and how all of that leads to our transforming truth that truth, that trust, tr trust is rooted in God. We're going to talk about it this week. We're going to explore and define trust and we're going to begin to process it together but let the story of Abraham, especially in these first nine verses, provide a very solid foundation for us to build our study upon that God is faithful, that he is with us, and that even right now, he's in control. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.